Hello, guys. Hello. Yo. Hello. Welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending. Not you, people listening. Uh, welcome to Don't well, Spoil the Ending. I hope we're welcome. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome to be on the pod. Thanks. Thanks. I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners currently. Um, welcome to the show. This is episode 36. Oh, I think so. Is that right? <laughs> episode 36, where today we'll be reviewing the film In Bruges. Yep. That's the main event today. Um, but first, uh, how are you guys? Yeah, not bad. Well, a bit tired, but I don't know. How are you guys? Um, just, I've had a busy, busy day today. Sort of going on holiday tomorrow. Tomorrow? Uh, yeah. I didn't realise it, it was that soon. <laughs> no, yeah, going, going tomorrow. Hadn't done any uh, packing or anything up till today. <laughs> um, but I've had a million other things to do. I went to the pub last night, so I didn't feel like doing that today. <laughs> um, You've got a, got a football game tonight at 8 yeah. o'clock. So straight from here, shooting home, getting straight off to Liverpool, watching that, and then from there going to my girlfriend's and then going from the going to the airport from there. So right. I'm packed, ready to go. Probably forgetting. I nearly forgot my passport. I literally oh, no. <laughs> was going to leave the room uh, with my bag and everything like that. And I'm Oh yeah, I might need that. Like, that'd <laughs> yeah. be good, wouldn't it? So, that would be handy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, have a good holiday, man. All yeah. the best. Yeah. Where, where are you going? Uh, Lanzarote. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Never right, been before, but, uh, Costa Tequisi, Puerto Calero. Right. I've not never been there. Where is it? You've been before though, Lanzarote. Yeah, been quite a few times. Costa Tequisi, I think is every it, time though. Is it so. a nice. Nice I love it. I love it. If you're a football fan in man. Uh, I don't have too much football on while you're there, but there'll just be wall to wall football on in the bars for you. So look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Liverpool are on Tuesday against Huddersfield. Oh, that's the only problem, I suppose, oh. Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, watch, watch the other games. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. I'll, I'll just jump into something as well, if that's okay. Uh, have you guys seen that the doomsday clock has moved a bit I closer to midnight? This, yeah, um, it's been the closest since the cold war wasn't it yeah 1953 uh yeah. two minutes to midnight now yeah so have, have you heard of this doomsday clock i vaguely know the premise of so it so i think in like 1937 or something uh scientists bundled together and were like right we're making this clock which basically tells how close to the apocalypse we are <laughs> and uh and it it's basically stayed about five minutes to midnight and um, roughly around that area um <laughs> 1953 did you say? 3 was the, uh, the um, last time it was uh... yeah it was at 2 minutes to midnight yeah um, and it's I think for the past like I think apparently the best time it ever got was 1993 wasn't it it was about 5 minutes to midnight oh really I, I, I was reading about it like, like the best we've ever got and like the, the best the most peaceful time we've had is in like 1993 right um, and uh, I think yeah a couple of days ago, they moved it to two minutes two, didn't they? Two minutes two, yeah. I, mean, I don't know about you guys, I'm quite looking forward to a, a end of the world apocalypse yeah. at the moment, like yeah, the way the world's going and stuff. Yeah, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well, yeah. Hopefully, get the pod done before the world ends. So <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I just want to mention that end of the world is nigh and all yeah. that. I mean, how how is that determined? How's like I know this just, is the thing. It's it's, just, it's it's purely based on like uh, like the. Do you know, like basically, like people who's in charge and stuff, and like the yeah. the mood like, between countries and stuff. So, like because because of the tension between uh, Korea and America yeah. at the moment, that's the reason why we've moved closer towards midnight. I just feel like if whoever's in charge of the doomsday clock on that day, just like if they're having a really bad day, just move it one minute. So yeah, definitely. Just, I've had a bad day. Ah, it's one minute. So people are saying this, but like it's almost like a, a form of scaremongering. It's mm. been used by the left against the alt right to like say oh Donald Trump's dreadful move it a bit closer you know that kind of thing yeah, so it's yeah. been like used like a tool essentially but yeah yeah it's an apocalypse <laughs> coming soon worth mentioning though the uh, doomsday clock was in Watchmen that we've covered on the pod oh, was it yeah on a, on a news story in, in the film they mentioned that because it was the height of the cold war in like 1985 they mentioned on that that you know the, the doomsday clock's moved a, a step closer to midnight it's a, it's a big thing in the film like yeah Oop. fantastic uh, today we've not Got anything to, to talk about in regard <laughs> to games or TV shows? Yeah, nothing. So we're gonna we're just gonna skip that for today, aren't we? Um, because we've literally got nothing. <laughs> Short yeah. conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still playing Doom on the Switch. So if you want updates on my 
Doom, uh, Doom career. Check my Twitter feed out. You'll see. Yeah, you're, still, you're still posting your pictures, aren't you? Yeah, every time I win a game, put a picture yeah. up on Twitter. Yeah, check that out. Seen that. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've, like I have been watching TV shows this week, but I've just got nothing to say about them because I've literally been watching, you know, like the DC superhero films. And yeah, I'm fully aware of the crap. <laughs> I just can't stop watching them. And that's why I'm not going to talk about them because I don't want to bore people with it. No, that's fair enough. I mean, I've been watching films this year that I've just got nothing to say about them. I'm like, that was the most bland, you know, just like mm. insignificant. I've got no opinion of that film whatsoever, and I just can't even bring myself to mention them. Just yeah. to, that's you it, know, yeah. so like bland. I think that's a review in itself, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I watched this film, I've got nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, instead of TV and games, we're going to go straight into Inman's game. Um, which- oh, we're doing movies first, or we're we doing movies first. Yeah, just Sorry, a movies, but, yeah. but that's that's something to look forward to after yeah. the movies. Um, the listeners on Tenterhooks, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Little teaser, little teaser, little teaser. Um, yeah. what, what's it called again? I forget the name. Because <laughs> no, I, uh, I forget it as my own game. Uh, actors whose birthday birthdays are today. Guess the age. Yes. Yes. Catchy. 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 <laughs> Trips off the tongue. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can look forward to that after we've spoke about the films this yep. week and. Uh, who wants to go first? Can I jump in? I've just thought of something I watched, but this is one of them films that I've barely got anything to say about. I only mentioned it because you've watched it in uh, American Made. Yep. Came out on Blu-ray in the last week, so mm-hmm. I picked that up and gave it a watch. I really like Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise is a great actor. I know he's a bit of a, you know, he has his issues and stuff, but I think you can't fault him from an acting point of view. No. He always uh, gives it, gives every film his all. But I just think this is a really weird choice for him to play this part. Uh, it's, Directed by Doug Lehman, who's done like good stuff in the past, like uh, Live, Die, Repeat. What was Edge of Tomorrow? It was originally mm-hmm. called. He's done Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, Go, Swingers, all stuff like that. So it's, you know, he's a good director at making it, but it just felt a bit uh, by the numbers to me. American Made. Yeah, I remember watching it in cinema and going, "This, this was not worth the entry fee." Yeah, um, kind of just watch it all the way through. It's it's a standard film but again you're going well it's got Tom Cruise in it you're expecting that a little bit more like from yeah. his acting calibre sort of you, you're thinking well just a film to get that kind of star power in it you'd think it'd be yeah. a bit more a bit more to it almost just goes through the motions and tell, tells a story fine but it's not like anything yeah special. nothing groundbreaking yeah. I mean the thing is it's a biopic of a guy called Barry Seal who was like a, an airline pilot in the US who became like a first of all a CIA like cameraman doing undercover work for them and then became, while he was doing that, he was smuggling drugs at the same time for the cartel. Right. Uh, so it's a true story. There's a lot of liberty taken with the truth in, in the film. Yeah. Uh, but it had, it's got quite a shocking ending, which was the one thing that makes it worth mentioning. I think the ending I wasn't didn't see coming, but it is a true story. Uh, but the way they get to the ending in the film, they, they make out as if like the cartel have seen, as if like President Reagan publishes this photo showing that Tom Cruise has been, like, deceiving the cartel. But in real life, that didn't happen. The photo didn't right. come out until afterwards, kind of thing. Uh, so, okay. so a big point at the, fil- at the end of the film is completely fabricated, kind of thing, the way, <laughs> the way they've gone about it. But, but I mean, it's worth it's worth checking out the actual story, to be honest, to be mm. honest with you. The film's quite average, though. Yeah. Give it a 3.5. Got nothing more to say about it, really. With, with these types of stories, I always feel like a documentary would be far better. Yeah, definitely. About, about the, uh, to tell the story to the public. You're right then. Like Tom Cruise is just not the right man, I think, to play this this Barry Seal character. Just a, a weird yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. Feels more like it's Doug Lehman asking for a favour from him because the friend is from like Edge of Tomorrow more than yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise is the right man for this part kind of thing. So, yep. Um, I've watched three films. Uh, Speed. Um classic Keanu classic yep. <laughs> um, just it's great fun isn't it yeah it's a, it's um, a blast isn't it yep. yeah it's it, there, there seems to be different uh, chapters of it so you you kind of have pre-bus on the bus and uh, like after the bus so kind of like yeah uh, in like the tube the train yeah the train thing. all that a few uh, holes that I, I reckon I could poke with the you know when they're on the tube and Oh yeah, again the uh, it, the track isn't finished. Much like the bridge wasn't finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just repeating yourself in the same film. Like, <laughs> um, but then 
The track isn't finished, but they decide to speed up because they need to jump the rails. Yeah, I don't totally get that. I mean, and they said the control panel was sh- shot, so they couldn't stop. Right, okay. The emergency stop was broken. You know, they still had access to the speed dial. You know, just take that down a notch, maybe. Maybe to, like, zero, and you'll come to a stop at some point. It's called speed, though, women. It's called You've speed. got to go fast. Oh, sorry. I forgot about that. Yeah. But, um, no, I, it's great fun watching that, and sort of, like, you've got the real cliche sort of uh, cops in that, and sort of, like, some of the... Some of the lines that they come out with is like Well, Jeff Bridges is not Jeff Daniels, Jeff sorry, Daniels. is the his buddy cop in it. Isn't he? Yeah. He's, I think he's quite good quite good in it, quite a yeah. likable character. Yeah, he's he's good. It's a shame yeah. when he gets blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I really enjoyed that. Um slightly different film, watched it straight afterwards, uh, Ratatouille. <laughs> so from Speed to Ratatouille. Pixar classic. Pixar classic. Love this film. Uh, watched it many, many times and sort of like just really enjoy watching that. It's a really good chill kind of film. You don't have to pay too much attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so it's you got can a good. Stick it on in the background kind of thing. Got a good storyline and everything like that. That's, I don't know, just cheers you up, doesn't it? <laughs> I've never seen it. Never seen that too. Don't watch cartoons, do I? <clears throat> I can't say I'm like a connoisseur of sort of like. Cartoon, <laughs> animation, as maybe others would say. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy this film, and I think it's it's worth worth giving it a go. Yeah. Um, for I don't know whether I'd, I'd need to rate speed, but Ratatouille, I'm putting in there as a five star film for me. Okay. I really enjoy watching it, and it's something I'd watch over and over again. Yep. Um, the third film I watched uh, was in the cinema. Uh, free bill, free billboards outside. Ebbing, Missouri. Yep. Uh, this will tie in with the main film that we're going to review today yep. uh, in Bruges. Same director. Um, and writer, and, I believe. Yes. Written yep. um, so a lot of the same themes and words are so? used through the same. Have you heard about the controversy with this film? About people in the US are fuming because it's a racist, it's anti-feminist, you know, that kind of thing. And it's definitely that, <laughs> but like that's almost like the, the point of the yeah. film, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and that's, it does come across that way, but I'm not sort of I'm not going. It's made to be for those those reasons. I don't know what I don't know what to say about that. That's, yeah, I mean, like like you say, it's it's definitely an offensive film, but that is almost half of the point of the yeah. film kind of thing. It's about a film about yeah. a girl who gets raped and murdered, you know. So it's never got to be a, a light hearted, easy watch, is it? Yeah, so, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> the mid the midpoint it gets really really grim. Uh, there's yeah. various things that happen in quick succession where you go in. That's pretty grim to watch and sort of like when yeah. you're watching it, it hits it hits you. But I feel like those points are in the movie not for the sake of it. They are in there to to hit the audience and sort of like yeah. hit home. Sort of like I don't know what these characters are going through and stuff like that. I, I think it's I think it's a good story and. I, I loved well written it. and everything like that. I, yeah, I loved the film. I don't want to go into it in too much detail. I'm planning to do, maybe do a solo pod on it yep. or something, but I've got a few points on it if that's okay. You mentioned about getting grim in the middle. Like, I think the power of the film is there's a, there's a flashback scene where Francis McDormand is talk, talking to a daughter in a flashback yeah. before she's been killed. And the way that conversation ends, like it's like horrifying like, yeah. what you know what is said like and it's just a flashback scene but the context of you know what's going to happen you're like oh my god yeah like. but <laughs> before that is said it kind of just seems like a daughter mother argument yeah and then it's just like it ends with that and it's like it's almost out of the blue but also you know what again what happens later on and you're kind of going that yeah it, yeah it, it really is like that's more horrifying than actually seeing a rape, I think, in the film. You know, well, I mean, yeah. that, that hits home harder than. Yeah, because I was, I was thinking sort of like before that scene, I was kind of going, "Well, I hope we don't actually see the door because that, that kind of just leaves the um, the audience thinking like what has happened and stuff like that." Like, yeah. often in horrors and stuff like that, the door the door will close and you'll hear a lot of screaming behind the door, and it's the the audience's imagination, which is probably far worse than what they can put on screen. Yeah, again. Maybe the audience would think what happened to her is far worse than what they could put on screen, and I, I was glad that they didn't do that and show sort of like a a dying rape scene, like, which is yeah. what like what happened to her daughter. Um, but I think that scene 
conveyed just as well. Definitely. If not better than like what the, that would have. The shocking nature of it kind of thing. Yeah. And one of the bit that really hit me, uh, this isn't a spoiler, Nick, but in the film, Woody Harrelson is the police chief. Yeah, yeah. And you find out at the start of the film he's, he's got cancer, he's got like terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. And there's one scene where he's, him and Francis, Francis McDormand has put billboards up basically to shame the police into like trying to find her daughter's killer. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Woody Harrelson is having like, uh, they have like a lot of witty banter, don't they? A bit like in Bruges, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of barbed back and forth in the, you know, the, they were just throwing like uh, insults at each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Woody Harrelson and Francis McDormand are doing this, having this, you know, these witty, clever insults back and forth. And just out of nowhere, like Woody Harrelson just coughs blood all over Francis McDormand's yeah. face. Oh god! And like, it's just such a powerful scene because you like, it just, again, it just hits again, home it much harder than yeah. like anything showing you violence or something like. And uh, at first, it, I almost, almost thought he did it on deliberately, you know, like, yeah. as if to like spite her or something. And then it, he's just so embarrassed. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry," kind of thing. And yeah. it just, it's more, much more powerful than anything else I've seen for years in a film. Like. They're clearly almost like enemies to each other and sort of like they hate they hate, hate each other for what each are doing to one another. Yeah. And uh, But then that happens and they, they kind of just put that to one side then and it's sort of like, well, he coughs up blood and he's kind of sat there and he's shocked by it because it must have been like the first time that's happened in yeah. his, his illness. But she's just like, oh, I'll go get someone, I'll go get someone. Yeah, and he's like, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean I didn't to, I didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, again, another great scene. Yeah. Like, I think that's... Just the way the focus changes from this, like, cool, witty banter back and forth to just, like, watching this man dying of cancer. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's just a really powerful film. I, like that. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I mentioned I went to see this in the cinema. Um, we mentioned Cinemaresca and stuff like that on the... Last episode when we went to watch Darkest Hour. Yeah, yeah. So what I mentioned on that episode was why have we got rooms full of seats when barely anyone is in the cinema? So I I did like a quick seat count maybe. Head like, count. <laughs> so in in this in this uh, screening I went to see there was fourteen rows of uh, sorry ten rows of fourteen seats so that's one hundred forty six that's excluding the sides which are made up of. Four seats, I think. I think so, yeah, like smaller rows on. So, but they go back a little bit further. So, I'm I'm gonna say there was 220, 250 seats. How okay. many people do you think was in this group? Did you watch this in Warrington? Yes. Eight. You've overegged it. Oh. <laughs> six six people were in this. Right. <laughs> I was like, you don't need all these seats. You could just put comfortable seats in for the six people that are in here. Yeah. I just. I'm always baffled that films actually make money at the cinema. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. It seems like a bit of a. It doesn't seem like enough people. I know opening weekends and stuff like that are where they're going to make the money, but I don't know if like you have runs of sort of like, I mean, I, I'm sure I saw when I was looking at the times for this film, I saw a screening of Dunkirk. I mean, which has just come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, who's going to go see Dunkirk? I believe now. that's that's been uh, screened because of the Oscars, though. Yeah, oh. and uh, Get Out as well, and that's back yeah. in theatres, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they put them back into theatres for the Oscars, don't they? Do people go and... I don't know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it literally only came out last year, didn't it? So, like, if you not if you didn't see it last year, then <laughs> what are you playing at, really? Yeah. They have a show when it's like called Silver Screening, it's at like 11 o'clock in the day for old people. Right. And I always wonder, like, do any old people actually turn up to these shows? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, that what the Dunkirk one was an 11 o'clock one, so maybe that's oh, what it's for. Yeah. But why are you showing a, a, a Dunkirk yeah. instead of one of the new films? A new film, yeah. Um, no, I was just peeved off that six people on the screen. <laughs> well, I watched it on the opening weekend at Warrington, and it was in the big theater, one of the big screeners they have. Mm. And again, it was just empty. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they must have had ideas for it, putting it on the big screen with like the, the, the bigger theatre. Yeah. But yeah, it was empty. There's like, let's say, a handful of people in there. I sat right in the middle of the premier seats. I didn't pay for it. it was just nobody in there might as well. <laughs> that was another thing that annoyed me. I wanted to sit in the premier seats. And then my girlfriend was like, no, we've not paid for it, Bob. No one's going to turn up. <laughs> no, the premier seats are not going to be full. Yeah. And even if someone's people... Anyway, I started to walk down this aisle and she's like, no, no, no. And I was like... Well, if someone's watching now, they like, and we move from our normal seats to the premier seats, they're going to go, oh, they're clearly not paid. Yeah. Like, like, we can't move now, can we? Like, yeah, we've got to see this lie through now. She's like, oh, well, if you really want to sit there, we'll move. And I thought, like, we can't move now. Like, they've seen us sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Even more shady now. Though. Yeah. <laughs> 
Got to do with confidence, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Just marching straight to the, <laughs> straight to the Premier seat. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, no, I think I'm done on film. Well, what, so. would, you, would, you, would you rate that film? Oh, um, I'd be giving it a five. Five? Yeah, oh, I fantastic. really loved yep. watching that film. So I've, I can't wait to see it again. Fantastic. Yeah. I won't rate it, but I think it's his best film, Martin McDonough. Oh. Okay. Yep. Amazing. Uh, I've, I've only got uh, one film to talk about. Um, this is probably going to be more directed at you, John, because yeah. I feel like you'll know the actors and stuff in it. Um, you, you might, but uh, I think John definitely will. Yeah, I'm um, very good because, because a lot of the actors are from Twin Peaks. Oh, you. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's called Lucky, and um, the, the lead role is was given to Harry Dean Stanton, you. who was... Ninety six at the time, I think. Yeah, so yeah something like that. Yeah. Ninety six at the time, and it and it ended up being his uh, his swan song, um, last film, his yep. last film before mm. he died. Um, he looked every year with those ninety six years as well, didn't he? <laughs> he did, yeah. And that's kind of what the film's about. Yeah, it's kind of about this man that's kind of just dealing with being old and dealing with his own mortality, kind of thing. And it it's quite sad knowing knowing that he died. Like um, it probably wouldn't have even been that long after completion of the film, really. It's quite, yeah. it's quite sad watching it, but I enjoyed it. Um, and other um, people that were in it, David Lynch was in it. Um, yep. um, mentioned last week because it was his birthday last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Happy birthday again, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he was good in it. He, he, like, I was reading about it and um, the director is, um, I can't remember his name now, is uh, something Lynch again. Shane Lynch. Um, no, no, that's not Shane Lynch. <laughs> I can't remember his name. It's like Barry Lynch or something. Yep. But... <laughs> um, Oh Harry, something like that. <laughs> um, he he was in apparently he was in he's an actor turned director. So I think he apparently he was in the founder. I think he might have been the lead roller in the founder. Um, this guy, right. um, n- not that that matters. But <laughs> um, yeah, so it was directed by is his first directing gig. Um, he, and apparently I was reading like when David Lynch came in, um, like apparently it was a dream to work to direct like like because mm. you'd think with a director it might he might try and take a bit of the reins or something but apparently it was a dream he came in and with his script and he was like i, I hope you I hope this is all right i've like i've, I've kind of muddled me uh i've changed me uh me scripts made me lines around a little bit and just, just kind of make it easy for myself yeah. like, i've wanted to show you first i didn't want to just kind of change it and uh, yeah, apparently it was a dream to work with uh, David Lynch. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to watch it just for the for the Lynch factor. Uh, I watched the Twin Peaks like making of for series three, yeah. and you just get to see loads of how Lynch works and stuff on like that, and it's just fascinating watching I, him I direct and stuff. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, he was so hands on with that whole yeah. series that. I mean, with this, he's he's, he's just like a, he's he's playing an elderly man, um, which is anyway, but um, he's playing an elderly man who's a bit distraught because he's lost his tortoise. <laughs> um, he's, he's not got much to do in the film, but yeah, but yeah, like I say, it's just him kind of dealing with his mortality and like he's, he's he gets. Uh, he, he does get quite down at times, and um, I think he kind of realizes a bit into the film that he's a. Uh, uh, he fell over basically. He kind of had a fall, and and he realized at that point that bloody hell, I'm getting old. And he and he smoked like twenty a day. I think the actor did as well. I believe he? so. Yeah. And um, right, right to the end. Again, and, he looked like he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, right to the end as well. I think so. Uh, and that's mentioned in the film. It's just like, but the the, the doctor actually said to him in the film is like, he said. Uh, like you're the only person I'll tell this to, but like I think it'd be dangerous for you to stop smoking at this point. <laughs> uh, which, is, which I thought was quite interesting. But apart from that, obviously I don't know if it's the same for Harry Dean Stanton himself. But the doctor in the film said like you, you you're actually in perfect health for like a ninety six year old man. He was literally uh, running on fumes once. He, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed it. it. It didn't end with him dying or anything like that. But it still had that. Uh, Quite a sad factor to like it, like melancholy ending, like yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was a weird ending because he um, he literally looked at the camera and smiled and then walked away. Right. And like the whole film, it was never um, breaking any fourth walls throughout the film. And then at the end, he just smiles at the camera, like that was that was weird. Felt <laughs> <laughs> um, a bit odd at the end, but but I, I really enjoyed it. It's more, I think, I feel like it's it's more about like I say, more about that character. And there's a lot of uh, things about. I, I just really enjoyed like the shots and stuff. I thought it was quite nice shots. Yep. Yeah, um, it sounds a bit like a, a film called The Straight Story. Have you guys heard of that at all? Mm. By David Lynch, I think it was like 1999. 
But in that, Harry Dean Stanton was in it. It's about a guy who drives across country on a tractor to go and see his brother. Mm. And that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's literally his most straightforward film, the, the straight story. I think that's part part of it. Like, but yeah, if you like that, definitely, you know, I, I, I would I, check I that out. Probably will, because like, like I said, this is, it, nothing happens. It's literally, you see him about five times throughout the film, get up, walk to the cafe, get a coffee, and that, that, and then go from yeah. the cafe to the pub. And that's all you're watching. You're watching this old man be old. <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably give it a, like a four-star rating. Yeah. Nice one. I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out at some point. Okay. Um, fantastic. Um, that, done with movies? Yeah, I'm you done. Um, I, before we move on to your game, we're going to do it now, but mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to mention like the Oscars are coming soon, aren't we? Oh, like, God, I forgot about the Oscars. Did, did we want to <clears throat> mention anything about the... Uh, the nominations. Have, have you seen the nominations, Inman? Uh, Gary Oldman was nominated, wasn't he? He was for Best Actor. Yeah. I mean, he's been tipped to win it. There's some uh, some strange nominations in there, though. I mean, this annoys me. The film "Call Me Call Me by Your Name" is getting yeah. tipped for all the all the awards. It's not even out in this country yet. Like you know, really? we can't even watch it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, "The Shape of Water," we're not 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 got that over here yet, and it's getting loads of. Uh... I saw the trailer for that, and that looked amazing. It's like yeah. the production. For that, just looks incredible. I I really want to go see that. It's uh, a glam old El Toro as well, so yeah. pretty much a guarantee of quality. Yeah. Yep. But like um, the Get Out's getting like a lot of nominations, isn't it? Like it is. not just for. I think it might be in best film. Or... I'm sure it's best film, uh, best director for Jordan Peele, best actor for I can't think of the actor's name now, yeah. but it was in Sicario, yeah, the, yeah. the main guy in it. Yes, yeah, so it's up for and think, best adapted screenplay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's got like best editing and stuff as well. Like, yeah, okay, people. Just but I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is gonna. I know I know I've come across racist a few times in the past. <laughs> um, I, I'm hoping this this doesn't come across as racist, but I feel like because it's an African American film. Like they're just kind of trying to make a point. It's like, all right, because last year there was like a big thing, wasn't there, about no like black nominations? Yeah, I think it was the, right. the year before, maybe like because last year, year Moon, Moonlight oh, was God, like dead celebrated. Yeah. Almost, I'm not, I don't want to say in response to yeah. the year before, but yeah, like Moonlight was another one last year that I don't think it's particularly that good. But I mean, I mean it's I, a good I, film. Actually, that's like, what I, mean, I, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was a good film, but like like Moonlight, this is uh, yeah. the same with Get Out. Like, I thought it was an alright film, but I, I wouldn't nominate it for a Best Picture or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, there's always been a stigma how horror films never get nominated for Oscars and stuff like that. And this is the first horror film to actually do it. And there's been better horror films than this, <laughs> you know, that, yeah, that could have yeah. been. But I, I do like Get Out. I just don't think it's anywhere near my like ten best of the year or anything like that. Yep. Okay, right. It's time to move on to. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna let you tell tell us the name of it. Uh, actors whose birthdays are today. Guess the age. <laughs> insert, <laughs> in, insert music. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, from last week, JT got one right. Joe got yeah. one right, but Joe isn't here today. So, Nick, catch up time. <laughs> catch up time, yeah. Uh, so first off, uh, birthday today, Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike. Gone Girl, she was in Die Another Day, and Pride and, Pride and Prejudice. I'm going to go 45. It's a good guess. I'm going to go a bit younger. I'm going to go... F- I'm going to go 41. She won't be pleased with you too. Oh, no. <laughs> thirty nine. She's thirty nine. Oh. Ah um, oh, well. Oh. No points for that. Uh, Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt, who is the voice of Remy in Ratatouille. Okay. Uh, does lots of other voiceovers, which is really good for Detecting Age. Is, is is this why you watched Ratatouille? Because you were looking, you were doing your research. No, no, for this. <laughs> just, just happy birthday. And you were like, oh, Ratatouille, yeah. I've not seen that in a while. Got to rewatch that. <laughs> um, um, well, I, I honestly couldn't picture what he looks like. Is he just a voice actor? Or? Uh, he does lots of voice acting, but he was in Two, two and a Half Men, a lot of US stuff, uh, Reno 9 11. Uh, Justified, he's in Modern who is, Family. Who is he in uh, Two and a Half Men? Uh, he's one of these characters where he'll be in a. a for three or four episodes. I was going to say it was John Cryer and Charlie Sheen, the main two, one originally. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm just going to do a shot in the dark because <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Okay. And I'm just going to go with 50. 52, I'm going to go with. 
49 to Nick. Oh, he was very close. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, I should no. get defo get out. Again, maybe <laughs> I would have, I think I would have said he was older than 49. Mm. There we go. Uh, lastly, Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda, okay. Who was in A Simple Plan, Lake Placid, Jackie Brown and The Godfather 3. They were in 1990 for The Godfather 3, 97 for Jackie Brown, 98 for A Simple Plan, 99 for Lake Placid. Her last film that she did was 2002. She hasn't been in a film since. I believe she's married to Danny Elfman, the composer. Uh, I'm going to go with... What year are we in now? 2018? 2018, yeah. I'm going to go with... 52 again. Uh, go older, 55. Yeah, I think she might be a bit older, actually. Nick is one year out again. Oh. She's 54. I should definitely get half points for this. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be in the lead if I got half points for all the <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not how... <laughs> Access Who's Birthday are today. Guess the age works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no points this week, so Joe and JT are still in the, right. in the lead. Joint okay. leaders. Nick on zero. I think Two we weeks make into it. this game. The first one to 100 wins. <laughs> first one to 100. Okay. Doomsday clock will hit midnight. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Hello. Better Hello. luck next week, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, you won't be on it next week, will you? We? No, I might still be able to write you up. Skype in with a few questions yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can possibly uh, um, make some up, uh, get some up and give them to Joe or something. Joe will love doing that. Yeah. I'm even Joe. thinking, uh, <laughs> make a recording for us, play it on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pre-recorded that's a, in, that's in, a in good the questions. Because, because if you gave it to Joe, he can't play, so. True. Yeah. yeah okay. So you'd have to play. I mean, this is definitely a discussion for off the podcast. But you'd have to play. <laughs> you'd have to play the up to a certain point, and then I give you the answer. But you'd have to be careful not to play that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Sorted. Production value there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, like you say, we'll leave all that off for, for off the pod. <laughs> yep. But I guess it's time for the main event. Yes. Um, which is this week in Bruges, which, like like you say, is uh, directed by the same. Guy who directed Free Billboards mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Seven Psychopaths as well. Like, I think John, you might be able to give us a oh, you Inman a, a quick synopsis off the top of your head, couldn't you? Have you got anything there, Inman? Or I'm not going to even print down if you've got something off. The I, top can, of your head. I can do something off the top of my head. Colin Fowles, a hitman who, uh, after killing a child accidentally, is told by his employer to go and uh, lay low in Bruges, in Bruges, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, basically the film's about him and Brendan Gleeson's escapades once they get there, and uh, it all culminates in a bit of a bloody shootout in the at the uh, the hotel. The state that. Yep. Um, who wants to start? Have, you've got notes, haven't you? Um, both of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can just mention something straight off. It's been a long time since I watched this. I watched it when it first came out in like two thousand and eight. Then I think I rewatched it from when Seven Psychopaths came out in like 2012, so I've not, not seen it since then. And it's easy to forget now how unpredictable the film is the first time you watch it. I was kind of I was watching it last night, kind of taking for granted, you know, like yeah, I know this is coming, I know it's like, mm. but the first time I watched it, it blew my mind, kind of thing, you know, how how how, how wacky the film is and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to make that point that it's the kind of film that works better on a first time watch, essentially. Uh, so a lot of the shocks and twists. If you haven't watched it already, definitely watch it before listening to this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to this review probably best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I agree on that. But um, I just, I've watched it a few times and everything like that. But it, again, I've not watched it in quite a while, and it was just it was way funnier than what I remembered and really? stuff like that. So like, I remember it being funny and sort of like there being jokes and stuff like that. But it was just the um, we'll get into it and stuff like that. But the wit. Again, that we spoke about in like free billboards, it comes across in this for being being from the same writer director, um, but the, the wit and the sarcasm, especially, sort of just is is great in this film. I'm actually going the other way to be honest with you. I didn't find it as funny as I did the first time, right? But 
you know, it's, again, it works better when I first time watched Unseen. Already. I was going to say, I, I think I was laughing before some of the lines came out just because I knew what was coming. And it was just like, yeah. I, I, just, I just enjoyed watching those, those bits. Where, Can I mention where all my laughs come from? Uh, I'll just mention, like, Brendan Gleeson plays uh, Colin Farrell's partner, who's been sent to watch over Colin Farrell, and in the end, to actually kill Colin Farrell, because Colin Farrell killed a kid by mistake. And it's Brendan Gleeson, Colin Farrell, and... Uh, Ray Fiennes, who's like their their employer, the, the hitman's employer. And all the laughs may come from the interaction between them three, just like like naturalistic dialogue and stuff, but just used in such funny ways kind of yeah. thing. Just all the... the one, one bit I actually laughed out loud last night watching it. Uh, the bit where Ken, Ray Fiennes, phones up Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> and he's like, is, is Colin Fowler there? And he's like, well, he's just in the toilet. It's like, is he having number one or number two? Like, well, I think he's just having a wait. He's not even there. Like, he's just making it up, like, because he's actually gone out drinking. And it's like, oh, I'll send him out on a, on a on a job, you know, I just need, mm-hmm. to, uh, need to talk to you for, for 10 minutes. So he's got to then, like, mime sending, like, this fake Colin Farrell out. To, and it's like, come on, go, yeah, go out and find a bowling alley or whatever. <laughs> and he mimes the whole thing in the end. And then uh, Ray finds is like, is he gone? It's like, yeah, he just left now. Go and check the hallway, make sure it's not hanging around. <laughs> I just laughed out loud. I was like, it's not even there. Yeah. Not been there the whole time. It's not been anywhere near. And yet, they've had to go through all this, like... Yeah, just double-check. He's definitely yeah. not there, but he was never there does, in the first place. <laughs> doesn't he ask um, after he's gone as well? Like, was he having a two, one or two? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Like, number one. Like. <laughs> no, it's a good bit. I've, <clears throat> one of the bits that I really liked was when they're on the stairs, so... Uh, Colin Farrell's at the top of the stairs the hotel owner uh, the woman is sat on the stairs she's been stubborn not letting Ralph Fiennes go past even though he's got a gun and sort of like he's just hard hitman yeah (laughs) and um, but I just thought like it's, oh, I've got the line somewhere, but it's well, just... I remember that bit, can I, this is the yeah, one about where they agree a plan where like Colin Fowles like, look, I'll jump out the window, yep. jump in the canal, you've got a chance to go outside and you can take pot shots at me from out there. But then Ray Fiennes is like, is it left or right? <laughs> and it's like, it's a big fucking canal, <laughs> like, you can't miss it. <laughs> I said, well, I've only just got him, haven't I? <laughs> but, it's when, uh, but just before that bit as well, the, the woman says, why don't you just put the guns down and go home? And he's like, don't be stupid, this is the, this is the shootout. <laughs> but it was just said with such like disdain like for her, like, yeah. just just get out of the way. Like, Are you mad? <laughs> like, the shootout, this is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> I just love, again, that like that naturalistic, naturalistic dialogue where it's like, is it left or right when I go out of here? And it's like, you're joking, it's a big fucking canal. Like, yeah. You yeah. can't miss it. <laughs> I think like, it's even it's even like that from the very beginning. I've got like uh, the opening the opening shots. Like you got like nice piano music and the shots of Bruges and stuff like that. And then the vo- voiceover comes in of how he, he's describing like his old his job that he messed up. Um, it's sort of like I had to go into I had to go into Burger King and wash my hands. And I was just like, it's such a British thing. Like just yeah. the, the voiceover, like the 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 difference between the the nice shots on screen to going. Oh, I don't, I went into Burger King to wash the blood off my hands. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that was really good. But there are so many, so many uh, one-liners. In, in, in terms of the dialogue and stuff, I like the fact that it's great at writing witty one-liners that make the characters sound clever, but he also has moments where people just say absolute bollocks. Like, in the, You just think, like, oh, you've had a bit of a nightmare there kind of thing. There's one bit where Colin Farrell's like, uh, talking to the Canadians in that restaurant, and he thinks they're, they're Americans. Mm. And like they're having this this argument back and forth, and Colin Fowles just like tell it to the Vietnamese, and the guy's like, "What, what are you talking? <laughs> Vietnamese? What are you talking about?" <laughs> what Vietnamese got to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good. But again, it's quite hard to. I think I found it quite hard to review the film. I hardly took any notes, just because it's a film primarily about dialogue. It's all about the the interactions with people mm. and stuff. And I just found it really hard to actually review it on that level. Really. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> There's some. I'll, make, I'll try and make some comparisons to sort of like three billboards. Um, the dwarf is in in Bruges and three billboards. I don't know what his. It's oh, it's, I see. I've actually got a note for this. Right, okay. Common misconception. This. Okay. It's Peter Dinklage in uh, three billboards. Yep. Who's Tyrion from Game of Thrones? It's actually Jordan Prentice in a 
in in Bruges. But it's, everybody everybody thinks this. Like when you, if you Google it, this website saying it's not Peter Dinklage <laughs> in, in Bruges. <laughs> but they I do mean, look they do look remarkably similar. Like. I wasn't going that way with it. I, 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 I could see they were different, but um, <laughs> no. Nice of you to jump to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just like. I don't, what is there a reason why the writers and or directors I mean, put, like, put the same kind of theme in there and like because it is played played upon a lot in in Bruges like the the, the dwarf is there and stuff like that and stuff yeah. like he karate chops him at one point <laughs> karate <laughs> chops him and in three billboards which is, it's again it's almost like an offensive point of the film where yeah. everyone's pointing out the fact he's a dwarf like, you know, like <laughs> and the, all all he does in three billboards is nice things for people so like he wants to take. Um, her out on a date and stuff like that. He, he's holding the ladder yeah. for her. And you really don't need to that. Oh, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I like holding the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, just a bit. I don't know whether he's just playing upon it a bit too much. Well, I found it weird as well, like because there was that whole thing of after in Bruges, people, everyone was like, oh, it's Peter Dinklage, and it's like it's not Peter Dinklage. Mm. But then he cast Peter Dinklage in <laughs> almost like an in joke kind of thing, you yeah. know. Like you all thought he was in this film, but I'm actually going to put him in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, another link: the amount of girls not going to like this again. The amount of times cunt is said. Yeah, we've we got this in work today. What's that like? That one line? <laughs> well, it's that conversation. Should I say? Yeah, yeah. Um, when Ralph finds. Uh, sees him and sits down with uh, Ken in the uh, Brendan Lucent in the square, and he's talking about his cunt kids. And... Yeah, he's saying to him like, "Look, Harry, you're a cunt. <laughs> You've always been a cunt. In the future, you're going to become an even bigger cunt, and you're going to have more cunt kids." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "You fucking take that back." <laughs> I retract the line I said about your cunt kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said a lot, especially in that short space of time. But it is said throughout the film yeah. as well, and in Free Billboard, it's said quite a lot. It is, to, yep. to fairly funny so, um, effect. Well, the writer director uh, seems to like the word cunt. Yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or maybe just the uh, the power it has behind it when someone says it. it's mm. it's it's quite a strong word, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, grabs your attention, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> cunt, dwarves, and a lot of blood. Yeah, in uh, both films. I mean, both films, that's yeah. one bit of in Bruges that like where it's quite bloody. And yeah. it's it's quite sickening actually. When uh, what's his name, the actor? Um, oh, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson jumps out of the uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the <laughs> clock tower and and the splat. It's the most sickening thing ever. <laughs> yeah. But but then straight away, like it's almost funny because. Because like um, Colin Farrell runs over and he's like, take my gun. <laughs> he takes it and just falls mine. Spring, spring the spring springs out. Like. <laughs> the spray from of the blood when he has flowers. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And like Colin Farrell's like, where's my gun? Uh, yeah. Where was it? And he's like, I think I'm gonna die now. <laughs> before he before he jumps on the plateau, like he almost like sprinkles the coins and like people looking up and standing by, it almost draws a crowd of yeah. like. <laughs> to witness this horrifying wow. act and then being like covered in blood at, at the same time like yeah. <laughs> but it's like when he was shot in the neck and everything like that you saw like the spray come out yeah that was good sort of... yeah when again he... I like that bit where Brendan Gleeson like explains that he sent Colin Fowl away so he can't kill him and he wins over very fine as not, not before he mm. shoots him in the foot just as a one act kind of thing but so, I can't fucking shoot you after you said that can I <laughs> Yeah, that was good. But then, you know, like, as soon as they realise Colin Farrell's a complete idiot and he's down in the square again, yeah. it all just kicks off again. Because <laughs> that guy in it with the one eye. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a funny scene when yeah. Ray Fiennes turns up <laughs> and he's got the eye patch on. <laughs> and, like, Ray Fiennes is talking to Yori and he's just sat in the background and shouting nowhere he goes, fucking... He's a motherfucker. Motherfucker. And he's like, are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't even, he doesn't say to him, though, he says, Yori, is he talking yeah. to like, He just won't even acknowledge that he's there. He's just like... Yeah. But again, he, he says, like, the same thing about being a puff. Yeah. yeah. A skinhead puff to him. It's the same thing as what... <laughs> Ray said, like Colin Powell said. Yeah. I just like I think like a lot of the writing this it links it links around to other parts of the film so much. So like karate is mentioned like being yeah. a lollipop man knows karate, like yeah. <clears throat> and then he uses the karate chop and stuff like that. <laughs> the Vietnamese sort of like, well who's who's had the Vietnamese gonna be on when um the dwarf is talking about 
the blacks and whites yeah. fighting each other. The race war. And then, like, but he brings up Vietnamese when he's in the restaurant as yeah. well. But it all, like, so many things just, like, link around and everything. Like, like, I think, like, it, it's really just clever writing. Like, I really like that. Yeah, I love that. Just that one is like, and who are the, which side of the Vietnamese on? And, uh, and Jordan Prentice is like, the blacks. So <laughs> I, I, I'm fighting with the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it like if it would be like a connection, like where they've tried to connect it. But like that, you, that that's Canadians where he, he thinks is Americans. Mm. But the, he has like an interaction with some Americans earlier on. Yeah. Film, oh that's god! Yeah. Of, like that's one of the funniest bits for me. That where like they, they come over and they say, oh, "Do you want to? Um, what's it like up the clock tower?" Like, oh, you don't want to go up there, kind of thing. Oh, I, mean, I love that scene, but for me, the funniest bit is a bit right after it, where like Colin Fowles says, "Like, I'm not being funny, but you're a bunch of fucking elephants." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're, he's just chasing him around trying to hit him. But the funniest bit is when they give up and walk off towards the tower, and Brendan Gleeson comes out. It's like they're not going to the tower, are they? It's like, hey guys, it's really narrow. Yeah. There. Like, fuck off, <laughs> really politely, but he gets a brunt. Of yeah. He gets a worse reaction from him than what Colin Farrell did. Yeah, like, nice little payoff there at the end. But like, the fact that they go up the tower, that's linked back later on again because the clock tower was closed because an American had a heart attack up there the previous yeah. day yeah. so that's linked around again and it's like I, just, <laughs> I really enjoy that and it ties into the fact of like when Brendan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes are up there it takes like Ray Fiennes half an hour to get down because it's just all winding <laughs> <laughs> winding corridors <laughs> I find uh, Brendan Gleeson um, he, Ray Fiennes is going down and it's taking advantage of Brendan Gleeson's I'll just jump off the top it's much quicker yeah just <laughs> straight down <laughs> you almost see him doing the calculation going Mm, my, I've just been shot in the neck and the leg. It's going to take me a long time to get down. So I'll just jump on. Yeah, <laughs> just go back up. <laughs> that was good. Uh, did I mention then about Yori, the the gunner supplier? Mm. Just some of his lines I think were amazing. When uh, first of all, Brendan Gleeson goes to get a gun, and he's saying like, uh, "There are lots of places to hide around here in the in the alcoves." And he's like, am I saying that right? Alcoves. <laughs> it's like, yeah, alcoves. And I was like, is that the right word, alcoves? Yeah, like nooks and crannies. Yeah, uh, nooks and crannies. <laughs> <laughs> this is very good. I will use that, in, use that in future. But then when Ken goes there later, and he's like, uh, I, I was telling Brendan Gleeson about the alcoves. <laughs> and, uh, but then it goes past that bit, and Ray finds like, I need bullets for the gun. And it's like, uh, I have these dum-dums. Is this, is this the right word, dum-dums? <laughs> they make the head explode. <laughs> yeah, I just love, again, just the dialogue is just fantastic in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, t- <clears throat> I think uh, it almost goes back to when we reviewed Panic Room, that the the thieves in there sort of like are all different kind of characters. And I think, to some respect, like Ray and Ken are totally different people. Like, yeah. Ray has just shot this kid and he's like pretty emotional about it and stuff like that but like he's a hitman and stuff like that he's supposed to be like hardened and stuff like that whereas Ken is clearly like more hardened and he but he almost pokes fun at Ray's guilt of it mm. like very, very early on yeah but like Ray hates um Hates in uh, hates in Bruges. Hates yeah. being in Bruges or <laughs> Bruges itself. I'm pretty sure, like the first line he says, like when, when you actually see him on screen, is this is shit. <laughs> shit all. He's, he refers to Bruges as a shit all yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Even even in his, I'm gonna say dying scene at the end, where you don't actually know whether he dies or not. Yeah. Even in that scene, he has another dig at, at Bruges, like yeah. he calls it a shit all again. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, can I jump in there? Mm-hmm. You're mentioning Harry and being like more of a hardened character. I love the phone. Like they do a good job of like building up the reveal of Harry kind of thing. Because first of all, it's just phone calls that you hear him, and the way he's just like telling Brendan Gleeson about about Bruges. And like, oh, it's like some kind of fairy tale. <laughs> Brendan Brendan Gleeson's Ken. Ralph Fiennes is Harry. Oh, so I've, I've got I've had those names mixed up for the whole podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think you only mentioned it once earlier. Right, so, so it's yeah. not that bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so go back, bleep we'll all those out. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just uh, do a voiceover. Just go, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but but, I, I just love all the phone calls when it's like, it's like, the, like some kind of fairy tale. But the first, like you say, you're building them up. Like the first thing is like a note, isn't it? And um, which is given oh, to the receptionist. Yeah. And, and, and he's there, but I'm going to go, like, why the fuck am I having to talk <laughs> to a receptionist? But I love the way it's put down. There's one little sort of joke in that I never, I never realised before. 
again, it's the benefit of watching it in HD. I've only ever watched it on DVD before, but he has like three points. It's like, one, why the fuck have you done this? Two, why have you done this? Three, and blah, 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 receptionist. Then she's wrote the little note at the bottom saying, I'm not the receptionist, I'm the co-owner. <laughs> I never saw that before. <laughs> I did like that. I've got a few more notes, if that's okay. Yeah. I think you mentioned the music earlier, and it's by Carter Burwell, who's like a well-known composer, but... He does all the Coen Brothers stuff as well. And I think he's done all three Martin McDonough films so far as well. I'm not a big fan of him, to be honest. His music's very kind of similar, I think, for all the films he does. It's all ominous right. and kind of brooding and sort of like... You know, like yeah. kind of... So I'm not a massive fan, but yeah, it's, it's got a style at least. But I didn't I didn't know it was the same person, but I kind of... I did wonder that in, when I was watching Free Bill. But, well, watch Free Bill, I started watching In Bruges, and In Bruges, I was... Thinking that music was pretty similar to sort of uh, yeah, well, so yeah, that'd be the reason. Similar kind of ominous feel it must be going for the. Yeah. Just one one last point as well. Uh, there's a scene earlier on when Colin Farrell's up, sat on a bench next to a guy, and he's got the weirdest dog I've ever seen with him. Did you notice this? The, he's yeah. got a dog like on his knee, and the dog turns to look at Colin Farrell oh. at one point, and it's like, what the hell is that dog? <laughs> like, it was terrifying. It look it looks like a. A toy dog or something. The eyes just don't. Yeah, it's a bulging animal yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did notice that. I was like, that's almost creepy. Yeah, not I like dogs, creepy. but not that dog. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's another shot when it, it, I think they, these are the open titles as well, where you've been shown shots of the city and stuff like that, and there's an open window on one of the buildings, and there's a pretty big like uh, Labrador. Or, Inside, it, well, at the window, at the window, almost like peeking out yeah, the window, <laughs> looking out the window, but like the way it tilts its head, it like moves its head across. I was like, it's so human, like, yeah, like yeah. it was really, like a human stood at the window with his yeah, arm on the window. Really like, yeah. well, if I saw that, I'd have oh, that dog's up to something. That dog's got a plan. That dog's a hitman. <laughs> Just one more thing that's worth mentioning. We mentioned earlier the fact that the thing that kicks the whole plot off. Colin Farrell is sent to kill. It's actually a uh, Kieran Hines. who's like he was in Game of Thrones as uh, the King Beyond the Wall and stuff. Uh, oh, he's the priest who's sent to kill, and he kills him, but accidentally kills a kid at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the scene at the end of the film when Ray Fiennes thinks he's killed, done the same thing and killed a kid. I like the fact that even after Colin Farrell's been shot four times, it's like it's like no, Harry, it's not, it's not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to stop him from killing himself. <laughs> But if he didn't have dum-dums, because it, it blew his head up. Yeah. So he couldn't tell that it was a dwarf. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's Ties in again. You went for the dum-dums. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the right word? Dum-dums? I've got a few of the one-liners if you want. If, oh, if definitely. Let's go through a few of them. Um, when uh, Colin Farrell first meets Love Interest, the girl. Yeah. Uh, he asked her, do you speak English? She replies, No. And uh, he replies, ah, yes, you do. Everyone does. <laughs> Very good. Uh, there's a bit of a dig at Tottenham. Yeah, I caught this. This is, this. I didn't pick up on this on any of the any of the other watches, but I thought, that's quite funny. Yeah. Um, it refers to Tottenham as being, uh, not that shit, but not that great either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good analogy of Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, Said it earlier. What what's a fifty year old lollipop man doing knowing karate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, when they're in the restaurant and he before he has the uh, pop at the Canadian slash American. Yep. Uh, they're talking about uh, Belgium. What what it's famous for? Mm. You remember the joke that was said? Yeah, is it chocolate and paedophilia? Yeah. <laughs> so what's Belgium famous for? Chocolates and child abuse. <laughs> and they only invented the chocolates to get to the kids. <laughs> That's very good. Um, she replies with, my, my best friend was one of the victims. <laughs> but she wasn't. So yeah. <laughs> um, so some of the lines about uh, Bruges, especially that Harry Harry makes, it, said, all that beautiful fucking fairy tale stuff. Yeah. Really like that. That's great. Um, and then he, he asks, is a swan still there? Not swans. Just the just swan. The swan. <laughs> when he visited when he was seven. Like, yeah. Still that same swan. <laughs> just on that, I like the bit where Brendan Gleeson has finally had enough of uh, Harry and he's on the phone to him. And he finishes it by going, it's like some kind of fucking fairy tale and just hangs up on him. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's mentioned all the time. Like when uh, I think when they're at the top of the tower again, uh, he says, oh, it, it is like a fairy tale. Yeah. Are you taking the piss out of me? <laughs> 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 he's like, no, no, it's a fairy tale. <laughs> um, 
Have you got the bit there where the the end of that phone call is when it finally cuts to Harry in the scene for the first time? Have you got that the note of, of that for that one? The anam Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it because I can't say anamnet. Is that <laughs> inanimate? Inanimate. <laughs> we'll give it a go. I've got it somewhere. Hang on. Uh, she, he's he's on the phone, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, he's well, gets it, off the phone, starts uh, bashing the phone, and yeah. And uh, she's sat in the living room with the kids. And I was kind of, she gets up, comes through to Harry, and has this person, don't do that in front of the kids or anything like that. Just goes to Harry, it's a fucking inanimate object. <laughs> <laughs> he just turns back to her and goes, you're a fucking inanimate object. <laughs> and then, and I just, but, I just, like the apology a bit later yeah. on, when it's like, sorry for calling you an inanimate object. <laughs> <laughs> Again, all still in front of the kids. Yeah, um, the cunt kids. The cunt yep. kids, yeah, that's the ones. <laughs> um, Go back to the sort of like when they go to meet Yuri and uh, the blind guy is sat there. Yeah. As soon as Ralph Hines w- walks in, he goes, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, just on that bit, I like the bit, the whole the whole fact of like when the guy's like, motherfucker. And it's like, well, who is he talking to me? Like, <laughs> and then he explains, he's like, uh, the guy, I, I was holding up with a gun full of blanks and he took the gun from me and he fired a blank in my eye. And, and Ray Hines is like, so let me get this straight. Like you had a gun with blanks in it. He took the gun from you, shot it in your eye, and blinded you. He stitched you right up. <laughs> <laughs> I think before that he goes, "Well, that sounds like you're to blame there. Yeah. <laughs> you're to like, blame. What? You got shot in your eye." Right? <laughs> um, uh, another another moment when they're on the stairs. Um, Ralph Hines says, "I am a nice person, but could you just get out of the fucking way?" <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Should we leave the review of the film there? Or? All done? Yeah. All done? I think I'm done. We'll uh, rate, give our ratings and then we'll finish it there. Yes. Cool. Do you, do you guys want to start? Uh, um, I mean, I know my rating straight off the mark. I'm, I'm dropping gonna, a bombshell here, so I want you guys to go first. Maybe about a four star. Oh, okay. Man's not much of a, not much of a bombshell. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Anything else to add to that? Oh, sure, 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 sure. I mean... I don't know. It's just it's like you say. It's great interactions, isn't it? Like I, I absolutely love all the interactions between the characters, and the shots are amazing as well. Like I think it's such a. I, I love the fact that uh, he like Colin Farrell the whole way through calling it a shithole, but it's such a nice looking place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks amazing. Like just one last thing, I don't. I don't. Not a big fan of his, his title cards for any of his films. I just don't like the style of them and stuff. But it's just only a little thing. But yeah. in Bruges, Seven Psychopaths and. Three billboards, yeah. Not not a fan of the the openings of the films, but uh, well, I thought I was going to be dropping a bomb here. I thought you'd up, you'd be both giving it five stars, but I'm going very heavy, four point five. So it's, you've, you've stole my thunder a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really heavy, four point five. The reason I'm doing that is, I think Seven Psychopaths is a four. I've got to watch that again though. This is a four point five, and I think Three Billboards is his best film, and I think that's a five. So heavy, four point five. Just not as good. I didn't enjoy it as much as I, as I thought I would and as much as I remember doing in the past. I think, well, like you said, I'm going to give it a five star. <laughs> um, again, like we mentioned earlier, I think I enjoyed it on this watch more than I thought really? I was going to and stuff like that. I found it really funny and stuff like that. And I think it's, I don't know, I'm, I must have just forgot like how good it was and how funny mm-hmm. it was that I've not, I didn't watch it in so yeah. long, but I think... I'll definitely be getting around to watching it more. Can I make you compare this to Three Billboards? Which one do you think is better? I still think Three Billboards is better. Yeah, I, I've done I've done some comparisons in like between the two films, but I think they're very different films. Three Billboards yeah. is just not as funny, and it, there's more of a. It's more mature and yeah, kind of thing. But yeah. it's ten years older than the director, so yeah. it's going to be kind of thing. But exactly. Yeah, it's more of a complete film, I think, than this one. Uh, yeah, it tell, tells a much more poignant story <laughs> um, than what In Bruges does, which is yep. violent. But you're going five, though. I'm still going five. I thought, yep. yeah, cool. Fantastic. I mean, just just to clarify, like I did love the film, but I can't justify giving it a five star no. because it's not a five star for me. I mean, I, I like you, I, I enjoyed it. Like more this time than the first time I watched it, but um, yeah, it's just a four star film for me anyway. Yeah, um, well, um, I'll just give out, we'll give out the 
social media. We can link it there. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, right, we're on Twitter at DSTE Podcast. Like us, retweet us, do what you want. Definitely, yep. Sounds good. Follow us. Follow us. <laughs> Message us, whatever you want. Yeah, get in contact. We're still not getting uh, many contacts. No, we, didn't, we, we welcome all feedback. Yeah. Love it. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can just search us in the bar at the top. Mm-hmm. Don't spoil the ending and we'll be there. Yep. Uh, got an Instagram, but I don't know what it is ever. Same as a Twitter, DSTE podcast. But I, I keep forgetting. Last updated. Can't even remember when it was last updated. It's all sunshine, I think, was the last one we got. You put a picture up from our Darkest Hour trip. But was that just on Twitter? That, that was just on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. Right, nice one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, individual um, Twitters, I'm at DSTE Nick. Yep, I'm at Taylor1980, and you can email at don'tspoiltheending at gmail.com. And I am at Rubik's Football on Twitter. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, end it there. Uh, I feel like I, I think we, we've not had much to talk about before the main show, but I feel like it went quite well this one. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, yeah. Yep. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Yep, cheers. We'll see you next time. See you later. Cheers, bye. bye. Yep. Thank you.